Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to the Spice Edge podcast. My name is Callie. I'm your podcast host. I am so freaking excited that you are here today. This is your go-to guide for all things health and wellness, helping you live the best, sweatiest lifestyle ever. All right, so before we get into the episode, do me the biggest favor ever and leave a review for this podcast and also tag me in your stories on Instagram at the sweaty sash and at I'm sweaty and I know it and let me know how you liked this episode once you hear it. I am so incredibly excited because this week we have a guest on. It is Grace from Mango Lux. You probably know her by. (laughs) I'm really excited that she's on today and Grace, if you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what you're about. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Grace. I'm Mango Lux. A lot of people think my name is Mango, but it's not. I my whole thing is healthy eating and kind of introducing that into a lifestyle that's kind of chaotic when you're going through school you're going through transitioning into being young adult and how easy it is to achieve that and how you can bring all sorts of self-love and improvement in different areas of your life from those little baby steps with wellness and healthy eating. I love that and so when did you start your platform? So I actually started um, quarantine. It actually it might be, I think it's uh, one year exactly today. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just, I was so bored sitting in my house. I came home from college early um, because of the shutdown and everything. And I was like, you know, I bake a lot and I make these really fun looking cakes and meals and blah, blah, blah. And no one ever gets to see them. And so I just started recording the process and I've been so grateful that like it, people find it interesting it kind of blew up it I never intended it to get to where it is I love it your recipes are beautiful and thank you no I'm obsessed with them I need to make some of them I feel like they're just so pretty so I really today I really wanted to start off by having you share the sweatiest moment of the week and basically this is just a moment when you were really your best self showing up for yourself in any way So yesterday I was really, really impressed with myself because I woke up and I was not gonna lie, super, super hungover. (laughs) I was, I had a killer headache. I was late for work and I got to work. There were no parking spots. So I had to walk 10 minutes away. I was already late, halfway there, forgot my mask, had to run all the way back. And 
it, it felt like all of these things were piling up against me. I had so many assignments due that day that I wasn't able to get done because I didn't wake up before work and all this craziness. And I just felt myself after weeks and months of, you know, just work and reflection, I felt myself kind of being able to, yes, experience those bad things, but not let it ruin my day. And totally just like, okay, it happened. It sucked. Sure. I'm moving on. I am grateful for everything else that I had. And it was just such like a special moment for me personally, like my relationship with myself to be like, wow, I'm not going to let these things totally knock me down. And it was just such a cool thing that I noticed like that self growth. That was my, that was me showing up for myself, just recognizing that and being thankful for my progress. That's amazing. I feel like I kind of really relate to that because me, like last year, prior to doing all of the meditation, self-care, all that stuff, I would have just crumbled and cried and been like, yeah. my entire day is over. So that's really amazing. Also, don't you work at a, an, a juice bar? I Yeah, it's a smoothie bowl truck. It's actually so cool. We just have our frozen fruit in our little menu and people come up and we whip it together and then they can choose five toppings. It is so fun. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's actually so cute. I used to work at a juice bar my freshman year, but it was like an actual juice store. But I love how right. it's a fruit truck. It's so cute. Yeah, no, the like the menu's super small, which I like and it was it's hard to get used to because you're in a like a tight confined space and then but people love their smoothies, so it's busy, busy, busy. You never get to sit down. But no, I I have to bring some of those recipes to TikTok, but I don't know if that's like stealing their brain. <laughs> They're so good though. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Okay. So I'm really excited because kind of what you're saying, how you've really been working on a lot of self growth and self care. I want to kind of tap into that today and I want to kind of start from like the very beginning. So what really got you into self care in the first place? So I come from a family with a genetic disposition for mental illness and it's a range of things from depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia. And thankfully those things have never been very major in my personal genetic makeup. I guess you would say, um, I haven't experienced many of those things extremely, but it's kind of circumstantial where like things will affect me a little bit. It's underlying mental illness, if that makes sense. And so there are lots of traumatic things that happened to me between middle school and high school that really got me into a place of just not knowing my self-worth. Um, I was, I grew up really, really concerned about other girls. And I saw every other girl and woman as my competition. I had to be better than her, prettier than her. And it's so, it's so funny looking back on it now because I'm not that way at all, but just like, I was so, I was leading with my sexuality at that point too. Like, I'm like, oh, if I flirt with him or oh, if I, if he's interested in me, then like, that's my worth, you know? And I was, I was searching for that outside of me and it just got me into this deep, dark hole of where I couldn't, like be there for myself. Like I had to outsource self-love if that makes sense. And and it was in such toxic ways too. So I guess it took me getting to college and having that little bit of independence and space from 
I went out of state. So I didn't have any friends here, which was the best thing for me because I was able to kind of distance myself from that past, from that kind of like vicious, toxic behavior cycle that I kept putting myself through. And that little bit of independence finally got me to the point where I was like, I need to fix this. I need to, I don't like feeling this way. I was constantly depressed, constantly like crippling anxiety. And I was like, why? I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. So that's when I started really paying attention to, instead of using my time watching Netflix and feeling sorry for myself and up in bed curled up, I would make myself some fancy dinner and then eating that would then give me energy to want to do other things and I was finding that putting my all my anxious energy into things like working out or even something as simple as like painting like it was just such a release and that's when I fully started to like shift all of that anxious energy into things that were gonna help me instead of just continuing that cycle so then that kind of led to the beginning of Mango Lux as well as just like this is kind of cool that I'm doing this for myself. I bet other people are going through it too. I love that. And I seriously relate to that so much too, because for me, from middle school to high school also, I was constantly looking for external validation from other people and especially yeah. guys. Like I, I actually recorded a whole episode about this. I haven't, I don't know if I want to like publish it or not, but it's all about like relationships and stuff. And I was just talking about kind of how, I don't know. I had some really toxic relationships in high school and looking back on it, I'm like, why was I even in those relationships in the first place? Yeah. Like, these guys were trash. And I was like obsessive with it because I wanted a boyfriend. I wanted someone to tell me I was hot. Like I just didn't believe it myself. Right. Like you cling to that feeling of wanting to be desired in any capacity. So it's like, yeah, I totally understand that. And it's really cool too, because I feel like when you actually desire yourself and you put yourself so like on such a high pedestal that is when your your like eyes are opened like you actually oh yes it's crazy you get in the the best relationships and even your friendships get so much stronger it's been so cool this whole year just seeing how like the littlest things like meditation every single day has just like transformed all of my relationships it's crazy and it's funny because i i was texting you about it recently like I recently ended my relationship with, it's actually my first boyfriend ever because I was realizing like, and this is going to sound really harsh, but like, this is dragging me down. This isn't, this isn't pushing me to grow. This isn't like, and so it took a lot of me to finally, because of course I care about this person, but it took a lot for me to be like, I need to focus on myself and like, and this, and this isn't helping that. (laughs) So that was, yeah. No, I'm honestly so, whenever you said that to me, I was like, I'm so proud of you because I think it takes, it takes so much to just be like, I'm going to close the door because you're always thinking like, what if, what if this changes? What if, right. like, it's just really hard, but end of the day, like, you know yourself the best. And whenever you listen to yourself and your gut feelings, like that is when great things happen. For sure. The gut feelings. <laughs> I really kind of want to hear what so I know after your breakup you've really been getting into like self-care stuff and I want to kind of hear what you've been doing for yourself like every single day yeah so my biggest thing what I've changed recently that I I think like my mental health the past three weeks even like I remember posting on my Instagram like I'm in a dark place (laughs) like this isn't a cry for help but like I'm publicly 
announcing like this is the moment I'm going to start shifting my mindset and I really did that just to keep myself accountable but really these past three weeks have been so transformative for me and I think it all boils down to this one thing I started doing which is to stop saving things for special occasions if that makes sense so like I like one of my favorite things is chlorophyll water I would only drink it in the morning because I thought like that's what but if I but now I'm like oh I'm feeling bougie I'm gonna have some more or I'd save face mask for like oh I'll, I'll set aside like a special night where I'll like take a bubble bath and do my face mask or I'll save this outfit for a, a special occasion but like I'm like why what am I saving it for like I have <laughs> I have nowhere to go so I instead started using those things and treating myself and just having those little bits of self-care throughout your day making yourself feel special even if there's no reason has really made such a big difference because it makes every day like it adds a little magic to it you know no that's so true even yesterday I put on makeup and like I have it I literally am terrible about this like I just feel like a whole level of confidence whenever I put on makeup because I just like feel like put together and I just randomly was like I'm gonna put makeup on today and then I swear to god like I had the most productive day ever (laughs) I just like I wasn't laying in bed like doing nothing I was like okay we're gonna do this we're gonna make some content today (laughs) there you go (laughs) I uh, same thing (laughs) I woke up in the night before's makeup yesterday and I was like wait really good so I wore it all day long you kill you literally kill me like okay I also want to talk about this too so I swear, like most people, we were talking about this kind of before I I recorded the podcast, but I think there's a huge stigma around people assuming that just because you are living a healthy lifestyle or you're in health and wellness or whatever, you have to stop partying and having fun. And both Grace and I, we like to go out. So (laughs) I kind of want to like talk about how you balance it because there's such a fine line of balance. And I really learned that this year. Same this year because last year, you know, looking back, I, I kept thinking, oh, I'm so drained. I'm so exhausted. Why is my skin so bad? Why is blah, 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 blah. And it's because I was, I mean, I was going out almost every single night, which there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. But I, I wasn't even associating that with the problems I was experiencing during the day, you know, just like not being able to get work done because I was so drained and and I feel like COVID has honestly really taught me a lot about how like you don't have to go out and be crazy to have a good time. And so I'm finding like new ways of relaxation because before it was, and this is going to sound so horrible. I swear I'm not, I'm not condoning alcohol consumption as coping mechanisms, but no, I would go out and I would drink and I would, you know, loosen up and, Maybe my homework seems less intense, like my workload and stuff like that. And that was such a bad way to deal with it. Whereas now, like, I'll get all my stuff done. And if I want to go out, I'll go out. But if I'm really not feeling it, I'm not going to push myself to do it. I'm totally fine with hanging out by myself and watching a movie or staying in with my roommate. Whereas last year, I was like, oh, well, I'm in college. I have limited amount of time here. I better use it up. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. So I think I find my balance just by like recognizing like when I truly want to go out or when I'm kind of just like pushing myself because I 
don't want to like the fear of missing out is really what it was last year yeah no I definitely am feeling that especially right now because I'm a senior in college so it's like final semester and I feel like every single person I know is going out every single night and like my freshman year I fully went out two weeks straight and my eyes turned bloodshot red because I was so sleep deprived and (laughs) (laughs) and that's honestly I just learned from that whole experience that I am just not that person and yes I like love I love to go out for like just because I like to go hang out with my friends and have a good fun time dancing I love to dance yes and wait what were you gonna say well, no, I was just gonna say, like, it's, it's not, it wasn't always, like, I'm making it sound like I would just go on these alcohol benders. Like, I was also that girl who would bring her kombucha to a frat party. <laughs> like, oh, oh I my was, god, I was that girl. Like, I, I, there's some nights where I remained fully sober, like, just, I just went out to have a good time. And that's totally fine. And if you drink, it's totally fine. But I feel like a lot of girls also feel this pressure to, like, keep up with their friends alcohol wise nobody's gonna care if you're drinking kombucha nobody's gonna like sometimes I just get water with lime at the bar like because I don't want to I don't know I sometimes I don't need it that's so true and um I just think that another really important thing to know if you're in college and you feel so much pressure to drink and like some people okay because I have been in this position where I've had especially guys they will make a big deal if you're not drinking or some guys, you not all guys, or you don't right. want to do something like example, like I personally do not do drugs. And some boys like in my past would make fun of me and be like, why are you going to do that? Why don't you try that? I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. This is against my morals. Like, I don't, I just don't want to do that. And I just think at the end of the day, like you have to be out there for yourself. And this is like, yeah. so This is where self-care comes in because when you take time to understand yourself, then you learn your boundaries. You learn what's important to you. And that's when you know, like, okay, tonight I'm not going to get super drunk so I can't function tomorrow. Like, I am going to go out, have fun with my friends. I don't need to have, like, five million shots. Like, it's going to be a good night. And just, I'm going to dance. Like, balance. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I haven't really experienced, like, true peer pressure like that. Like, I mean, people, like tease me and be like come on I'm gonna peer pressure you I'm gonna force you to drink I've never really truly felt that but I do notice it sometimes makes other people uncomfortable when you're not drinking like then they feel guilty they're like well if she's not doing it yes like, am I a bad person no and, and that's like, where it comes from all the peer pressure like the people that would do that for me like those are the most insecure people I know yeah it's so crazy. I just I kind of came to a point where I was like well, they're uncomfortable. Like, let them be uncomfortable. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do me. Like, that's kind of what everything's been boiling down to for me. It's just some extent. Like, you have to be there for yourself and be your own advocate and do what makes you happy. <clears throat> but I never do that at someone else's expense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not, if I if I am out and I suddenly want to go home, my social clock runs out. I'm not gonna ditch my friend there. Like, I'm gonna make sure she knows where I'm going or has a plan to get home or you know, like. No, I it doesn't really agree. Yeah, being <laughs> being out looking out for yourself and is very different than being selfish. I completely agree. And I think a lot of people think that self-care and looking out for yourself is selfish. And you have to realize too that end of the day, like it's your freaking life. Yeah. No one else's life. 
And every, like, it sounds so harsh, but every person is truly out there for themselves. And if someone's making you feel bad for taking 15 extra minutes out of your day to do something for you, because they, like, let's just say, like, maybe you have a boss who's like, no, 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 you can't take that break. Like, you have to work to this hour, but you genuinely are so burnt out. You need to take a break because if you don't take a break, you're going to run yourself into the ground. And that's just going to lead to so many health problems, mental health problems, physical health problems. Like, it's literally all about- And just, like, resentment. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's crazy. Like, I don't even know, like- if you feel this way, but half the time I burn myself out because I don't give myself enough time because I'll be like working, working on my platform. I'm a workaholic too. Yeah, it's bad. And it's like, I love to, I love it, but there's always a balance between everything I think in life. Right. Yeah, no, totally agree. I really hope you guys can't hear me swallow as I'm sipping on my chlorp. <laughs> Wait, okay. Everyone always asks me like, what does chlorophyll water do? And I want to kind of hear from your perspective, like how chlorophyll water has changed your life. (laughs) Honestly, like I would hear all the time. I I used to be a lot bigger into watching YouTube than I am now, but people would always have these like holy grail products. I'm like, you're being dramatic. Like, get over it. But this truly has been like my holy grail product. I got it because I was collaborating with Sakara. They sent it to me. It was my first time trying. Actually, no, I take that back. I was a junior in high school and I was in Jamaica. And so I was at some, it was like the first time my family and I have gone on like this big trip and in their gym, they had like a huge like dispenser of chlorophyll water. And my brother's making fun of me. I'm like, wait, no, this is so cool. This is so then when then a few years later when Sakara sent it to me, I was like, this is a godsend. This is from Jamaica. Like I'm going to be on my ship. No. So I tried it. And for the first week, I was like, oh, this doesn't do anything. It just makes me feel a little fancier. Um, But then I truly started noticing things like my skin clearing up. I had so much more energy in the morning. Um, I was just feeling like, I don't really know how to explain it. But sometimes I feel, I call them fruit highs, like after, like I have smoothies and I have all this like crazy energy. I feel that. I feel that. You know what I'm talking (laughs) about? I know exactly what you're talking about. I didn't know if I was crazy. And I was starting to like feel that. It's just like this. So I was, it was the energy. It was the skin. So I was like, wow, might as well keep this up. And so, okay, this is TMI, but I feel like other people have this problem too. I had a really bad like BO problem because it wasn't a sweat problem. It was like, like no (laughs) deodorant would work for me. And so they kept literally same really? <laughs> yes it's it, it's not sweat at all which is like you'd think it would go hand in hand but um yeah nothing would really work for me I even like went to my dermatologist and I was like is there like a prescription one I can try and I mean there wasn't really any options and I started noticing they say that chlorophyll water is like a natural deodorizer and I thought that meant like your breath or something yeah. but it's truly like all forms of like sweat and excretion that your body produces like I have noticed like I'm able to use like normal deodorants now with no problem like it's crazy like I don't know so oh my gosh I actually did not know that that's so cool yeah and then I mean it has other benefits like helps it assists your liver in detoxification which is probably where like my skin clearing was coming from it helps oxygenate your blood and 
boost your metabolism. So those things are obviously internal. I can't see them. But for me, it was mainly the skin. So I stick with it. And also, like I said, it makes you feel a little bougie. Which is always fun. <laughs> yes, it's green. Nothing is more satisfying than having a mason jar and pouring the drops in the mason For jar. Sure. <laughs> I love it. I need I need to be more consistent with it because I was doing good. And honestly, I'm kind of I so relate to that with the BO thing because like I literally nothing would work for me except for a spray deodorant for some yeah. reason. So weird. And I'm gonna have was, to- and then actually I used that and then I couldn't anymore because it would dry my armpits out so much they would like crack and bleed. So like, Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Dang. Well I'm glad that helped you. That's <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm so me glad too. you solved your problem. <laughs> yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. But honestly, it's pretty, it's more, um, now that it's becoming more popular, you'll be able to find it anywhere. Yeah, I get mine at Whole Foods. I don't know if yeah. you have Whole Foods where you are, but definitely it's easy to find, which is really good. Yeah, Okay, sure. so I kind of want to move back a little bit into college life, and I want to talk okay. about, so I think, so I know you post so many recipes, and I always tell people to go to your account whenever they're – some people ask me for recipes, and I'm like, I make some, but I don't make enough to where I'm like, the recipe girl, like, I do workouts. So I send them <laughs> to, like, you and, like, Jazz Tyler, you know, like, all of the recipe people, but – Oh, my gosh, that made my day. No, your recipes are, like, so gorgeous. Um, Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about, like, late-night cravings because I think this is okay. such – a common thing and every person deals with it. I mean, I get like late night cravings all the time. So what do you do if either you're going out and you get home and you want to order pizza or go to McDonald's, or even if you're just having a late night and you really are craving food, what do you typically do about that? Okay. So over quarantine, when I was really, when I started diving into my health and I tried intermittent fasting, cause I had heard so many good things about it. And that's where I wouldn't eat breakfast until noon and then I would stop eating at like 8 39 o'clock so I had like a eight nine hour window and I was doing that purely because I heard about how great it was for you and your digestion blah 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 but I found myself unfortunately I've never experienced disordered eating but I found myself just being so crazy hungry after that window ended but I was kind of telling myself like nope you're in intermittent fasting you can't eat anymore you have to wait till noon the next day and it was just I mean then and I kind of convinced myself into thinking I'm like oh that's the that's the mental like will part of it that you have to push through but then slowly like especially the more that I got into this wellness community and was introduced to influencers like yourself like I just realized like that's kind of counterintuitive like you're how is it healthy to not eat during certain windows to like increase digestion if you're actually like like not being able to sleep because you're so hungry I don't know if I'm kind of talking in circles but basically I quit doing that altogether 
and started practice, practicing intuitive eating, which is what I had done before. And I realized that eating late at night, even though it's past this like window that people consider normal, is not going to impact you in any way, shape, or form. Like your body, obviously you have a circadian rhythm where your body knows where you're awake and knows when you're asleep, but that doesn't affect your digestion and your metabolism. It's <laughs> so you, we have to break down these walls of like, everyone says, oh, like diet culture is so toxic. And that's such like a buzzword. So I try not to talk about it diet culture but it is like you have to break down these things that people tell you off the fly there's not a lot of research behind it there's or if there is it's not healthy for people who are experiencing disordered eating like you just have to in yourself have to break down those like myths and just be like you know what I want ice cream right now like I'm gonna have a few bites and that's where I was noticing like after intermittent fasting I would like binge on ice cream after that because I was like, oh, I can, I can eat as much as I want. It's, I'm, I'm literally like <laughs> being sent back into that right now. Cause it's like, I, I need to allow myself to, to do this and that's great and that's fine. But there's also a point where that becomes toxic as well. So now what I do is if I have ice cream or a meal just in general, I'll have the correct portion amount I'll wait 15 minutes and usually I end up being satisfied but if I'm not I'll go back and have a little bit more so it's kind of like my eyes were always bigger than my stomach so I'd eat the whole pint just because I could and I wouldn't <laughs> feel and I wouldn't feel sick after it but I, I know like I don't need to do that just because I can you know like I'm satisfied with the correct amount I don't know yeah. if that answers your question. I feel I ramble. <laughs> no, no, no. That was like so to a T. I fully loved that answer so much because I had the same exact thing happen to me about, or the realization happened to me about a week and a half ago about eating plant based constantly. And mm-hmm. I was finding that basically what was happening is like I would go out to eat and I'd get something with cheese on it. First of all, like, Okay, basically, I have a really awful stomach and (laughs) everything hurts my stomach. So I do try really hard to limit my dairy intake just in general. But besides Mm -hmm. that, like I try hard not to restrict myself from things. So I was eating plant-based and because I solely wanted to help my digestion. I can't even talk. Digestion. (laughs) And I would go out to eat and I'd get something with cheese on it. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I really want to post this on like my platform. But I'd always like, this is so simple, but I'd always like write like, balance like treat yourself like thinking mm-hmm. oh that cheese is a treat because it's not vegan because I knew people would come at me for saying I'm vegan and then not be vegan and yeah. it was like getting to this weird point where I felt like I would just on the days when I wouldn't have a vegan or I'd have a non-vegan meal like you were saying like I would just like eat so much non-vegan the rest of the day like I'd have so much yeah. dairy and like it was like to the point where it became so to- – it wasn't, like, super toxic, but it was just, like, I was always thinking about it, and I finally kind of came to the point where I was, like, I just want to eat eggs again. Like, I just want to eat foods that are going to make me feel good, and, like, yeah, eggs don't make me feel, like, bad. Dairy makes me feel bad, but I still want to have it sometimes. Like, I had today. I had, like, yeah. put out on my salad, and I was, like, okay, cool. But it just comes down to the thing where, like, any kind of diet or, like, fasting or whatever – 
it's not made for you specifically. And I think you have sure. to you have to realize that. Like every single person is a bio individual and requires different things to make them feel good. So totally. you just have to end the day like listen to what makes you feel good for you. Intermittent fasting wasn't the move. Like you just were finding you were binging, not binging, but like overeating when you, in reality if you just let yourself have those extra hours of the day, it probably would have been a lot healthier. And like, same yeah. goes for me. Like I probably wouldn't have gone through these weird periods of like wanting to have just so much cheese if I was just more gentle with myself and didn't always feel like I had to put out this front that I was vegan. So gentle, that that's a really good word to describe it, how you just need to soften and kind of let yourself go through. Cause I totally understand what you're saying about like, if you were eating something not vegan and then you continued to do that the rest of the day and kind of had this downward spiral, because I was like that too. I was like, okay, tomorrow I'll be better or Monday I will be better. And then I was like, why can't I just like do that right now? Like if I have, if I, like today I went out for pizza for lunch and that doesn't mean I have to have a cheeseburger and ice cream and yucky stuff to just let myself dive into that rabbit hole. I, d- I can have a salad if I want. I can have a smoothie. If I want. But if I don't, I don't have to. Like, there's no reason I have to start over tomorrow. I can start over whenever I want to. Exactly. And I think a big part of diet culture is just preaching that you can, you have to start like the next day. And in reality, you can eat healthy whenever you want and there's really no whole point of balance exactly exactly and I think so many people just go through this mindset of they want instant gratification and they have to be just perfect in order to get that and in reality instant gratification isn't a thing in health and wellness in a healthy way so it doesn't make any sense to burn yourself out and just eating perfect perfect with quotes, it's in reality probably going to do more harm than good for your mental health and food relationship. I honestly, I eat way more junk than I post. And I think that's just because like when I'm eating out, when it's something I don't make for myself, I'm like, well, no, that's kind of boring. Like no one's going to care to see that. But I do think it kind of misconstrues the image I'm placing of myself of, like you said, I mean, obviously no one's perfect. I'm not claiming that that's what my image is but like it looks a lot cleaner and put together than it really is so I am trying to be more mindful of like am I what I eat in the days to include when I have pizza or I'm eating at a restaurant but I just like I personally don't find that inspiring so I don't post it but I get how other people like need to see that to be like you know it's okay yeah I've no, I completely get that too. Cause I just recently started to realize that it makes people feel a little bit closer to you because they can relate more to you. And yeah, I think something I really struggled with a little bit over the summer, especially just with like what I eat in a days is I was really struggling with kind of figuring out like, okay. Cause I'd see people like Lexi Hidalgo, she'd post like whatever she eats and I'd see those and I'd be like, oh, so she eats like kind of like that bad food. Like pizza, all that stuff. Like maybe I should start doing more of that. And then I got like a little bit sidetracked from what, how I usually eat. And it's, I think like the what I eat in a day can, it's like, I think it can get really toxic if you don't look at it as more of like inspiration and kind of understanding that maybe the way that somebody else eats isn't how you're supposed to eat. Cause like I still post what I eat in a days too, but 
I think like showing realness, but also just really emphasizing that this is not how every person should eat is really important too. Cause some right. people look at it to a T and like, I've had some people message me and they're like, I need, like, I need to know more. I need to know exactly what's like in this like calories. I'm like, I don't know. Like, don't eat like me. Don't eat exactly like me. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I eat so weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I get that because I, I save like a, a favorite a bunch of people just because I'm like, oh, that looks really good. I want to try that. And that's kind of that's kind of what my hope is by posting those. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, I think that's like, that's such a good mindset to have about those. And I think that's like the whole point. And I, I personally like, kind of hate the ones that show the calories and everything because I think that's where it kind of is like, Eh, I don't know. Mm. Personally, I'm not obsessed with that, but I do think the ones that show really good recipes, like those are really great to look at just as inspiration. I actually, um, I never counted calories until like quarantine started the intermittent fasting. Um, and I, I started and seriously, I'm not even kidding. Within seven days, I had to force myself to delete the app because I even that quickly felt myself like being so mindful of every single thing I was putting into my body. How many calories are this? Like what's the portion size? Like, am I going over? I don't even remember what the number was. Am I going over 1700? Like I need to, Oh, I can't eat a big breakfast so I can save that for dinner. Like within seven days, like I, I had never thought like that in my past until I started downloading that. And so that's why when people ask me, like, do you count calories? How do you suggest you stop? I'm like, you need to straight up delete the app. Yeah. You need to cold turkey. There's no other way to do it because it gets so programmed in your brain so fast, so fast. It's so scary. Like I actually posted a video about this today Um, because I don't know what it is, but like one time I fully it was actually when was that oh my gosh it was beginning of quarantine actually same thing I was counting my calories and I kind of would go through phases where I'd count them for maybe like five days and I'd stop and then like do it again and I was kind of telling myself like yeah I'm doing this kind of as a way to just track myself just to know how many macros I'm eating I think a lot of people hide it under the guise of fitness like I'm doing it for but I mean it can be helpful if you do it one day, but I just think it's so toxic. But basically, like, I had this one thing happen where I was over – or no, I had 300 calories left, and I really wanted to order a cookie so bad. And I straight up called the cookie place being a psycho and was like, how many calories are in the cookie? And they wouldn't – they did it with I don't know. And I was, like, so pissed. And I, like, fully just, like, into the phone call and just like kind of sat there and was about to cry and my boyfriend was there and he's like Kelly what the heck like just get the freaking cookie and I was like you're so right and I stopped counting calories because I was like this is ridiculous it does it controls you and like every decision you make and you realize like that's like my whole thing is like count memories not calories because you're gonna remember how fun it was sitting there with your boyfriend eating this cookie I don't know what you were doing but I'm sure it was fun (laughs) but and then instead you would have you know like it just that's what you're going to remember. That's when you're on your deathbed, you're going to wish you had more of. Exactly. And 
I just, that's such a great mindset to have as well. And I also kind of want to like flip it a little bit around to if you struggle with kind of more of the emotional binge eating, board eating sort of side of things too, if you can develop and establish a really healthy relationship and mindset mindset around food where it doesn't become something you're always obsessively thinking about, Mm -hmm. that's when you're going to really notice a shift in all of your cravings and all of the feelings of wanting to uncontrollably eat food. It makes such a big difference. Yeah. So like last night I made, you know, those like sweet Lauren's cookies. They're like the, the less chemical version of like yes. the Pillsbury. Yeah. The okay, chocolate chip ones. That's what I, I made. Love those. So a few months ago before I was being really mindful about my binge eating, cause it's not, it's not binge in the sense of weight focused. It's more like I don't even, I don't even understand it. Honestly, I just, I just eat it all. Like it's there on the plate. So I'm going to eat it all. Like I don't like food waste. I struggle with that too. I, is that, is that, that's a form of binge eating, right? Cause that's what I never want to like be like, I binge eat, but I also really struggle with stopping myself. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is, but my whole thing is like, it's not a body and it's not body image related. It's just like self-control, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And so or a lack of so a few months ago I made those cookies and I ate every single one of them I think there's 12 (laughs) and I felt so sick after I'm like oh my gosh my stomach hurts like why did I do that blah 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 and then last night after I've been more mindful about okay I'm gonna have two cookies right now if I want more so I had my two cookies a little bit in the movie pass I had another one And so I stopped at three because I felt full. I felt satisfied. And then I kept feeling that way, you know, instead of just totally sick having to go to bed because I'm so groggy because I just shoved a whole (laughs) batch of cookies in my stomach. Like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta find that, that (laughs) self-control. I also really think it comes down to like, I loved what you mentioned earlier about waiting 15 minutes after you eat something. Cause a lot of the times, like, especially with bread products, it expands in your stomach. So when you eat it right away, you may not notice anything and then give it a few minutes. You're kind of like, like pasta. I am, I devour pasta and I always regret it because I sit there afterwards. I'm like, I feel like I have a, bro- like a block in my stomach because it's expands. So definitely if you feel like you really struggle with kind of overeating, be, eat slower and give it more time to digest. Yeah, that's my big tip. Because I feel like you and my, you sound like me where you're like a volume eater where like you eat a lot all at once. And that's how I feel good and satisfied. But I also eat really, really fast. So I finish it and then I'm like, what else? I'm not full yet. What else can I put in me? You know, like, so now, (laughs) so now to like work on that, that's my big tip is like, okay, I'm going to eat the correct amount. (laughs) Then I'm going to wait a little bit. And if I'm still hungry, of course I'll eat more, but if I'm satisfied, great. You know what? I would, I would just end up being so sick after every dinner because I would just go ham. You know what helped me too? And this is going to sound kind of. It, it, it doesn't like you don't wouldn't think it helps but I did this food related meditation once that's supposed to help um it's basically like a visualization so you visualize yourself eating a meal and stopping before the plate is empty and essentially what it is is like 
whenever you actually eat food, it helps with that self-control. And I did it once and it actually worked. It was crazy. Oh, really? That's interesting. It was really cool. And I had never done one before like that. And that is something that I would recommend if you're struggling with food. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. It's cool. I do. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, Mimi Bouchard. Mm-hmm. She has her own like meditation platform. It's so good. Oh, does she? Yeah. I I actually haven't gotten into meditation. I'm trying to. I just, my mind goes a million miles a minute. And I know that's the whole point of it. And people say like, it's okay. Like you just slowly like figure it out and get used to it. And it comes to you. And I'm just like, uh, so this is on my grocery list. I have this homework assignment. Like, oh, what did that one boy say to me last night? Like, I just, like, I think of, yeah. That's how I was when I started. And something I do really like about the ones that I do, the girl makes two minute meditations. Cause I'm mm. like you and I'm like, I literally will be like, I have, I don't have 15 minutes to just sit here. Like I have so much to do and so many yeah. things like to respond to. And I think just starting with short ones has helped me so, so much because two minutes is yeah. nothing. You recommend her, Mimi? Yeah. She's okay, awesome. awesome. Yeah, definitely. Like I would just do – hers are great too because I don't really love the ones that – like I used to do the Calm app and you just sit there and it would be like music in the background and I, I couldn't do it. Hers are so guided. It's just her talking. I the like time. the guided ones, yeah. I I can't just sit there in silence. I'm like, okay, what next? I'm, I'm really weirdly into ASMR. So I'm really? Like that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone makes fun of me, but I'm like, you guys, it's so calming. I, I, Wait, what do you, what I, do you watch? I watched a disgusting one and I was very turned off. <laughs> I watched a lobster like, one. Uh, like she's eating lobster? Yes. Kelly, no. No, I... Uh, Everyone has their thing, I guess, but I, I really like the skincare ones. I guess it's role play, but that word sounds so freaky. So don't, but it's like, they're like, they put a face mask on you and they put like all these serums on and you're in this like relaxing, like, setting. oh, I love Wait. it. I guess there, there's makeup oh. ones. I'll send you some. On YouTube? Mm-hmm. Okay. That actually sounds kind of cool though. Yeah. And then I don't know, like. And it's not like I feel them doing it. Like, it's not like that. But it's just like, I don't know. I just find it so calming. It's like that personal attention. Like, someone's, yeah. like, caring for you kind of thing. So I'll get, like, a smoothie because I love the way they make me feel. And I'll sit here with my lights on, my colorful lights, and watch ASMR. And I literally just, like, melt into my bed. <laughs> like, that's my meditation. It's actually, like, I kind of like that. I'll have to look at it because my okay. One of my friends showed me this terror. It, it was a joke. He was like, "This is hilarious," and he pulls up this woman eating a massive lobster. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, like food noises drive me insane. Like this, like chewing, and I was like, "How? How do people enjoy this? I don't get it." There are definitely some weird ones. Like I've seen like. I don't know. There's just like really weird niche role play ones. That's yeah. That's not me. <laughs> I don't know if this is ASMR, but I've been obsessed with the short like, what are they called? Oh, daily no morning routine ones where it's just the noises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that love is. those. Okay. They're so. I don't relaxing. understand how people make stuff like that. I don't have the patience. My TikToks are like. 
oh, what am I eating? Oh, swipe there. That's it. <laughs> no, same. I some of this stuff baffles me. I'm like, my life is genuinely just not that aesthetic. <laughs> Everything's in <laughs> order. So creative, right? It's a struggle. It's such a struggle. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Grace. Before we go, just tell us where we can find you. Just hype yourself up. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at mangolux underscore and on TikTok, just mangolux, M-A-N-G-O-L-U-X. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. And just so everyone knows, we're going to do another episode. <laughs> it's gonna be really spicy (laughs) a little x-rated we just paused the podcast for probably an hour to talk about the next episode it's but yeah it's exciting you're gonna like it yeah it's gonna be great so (laughs) everyone's probably like what (laughs) all right guys well i'm gonna let you guys go but have the best day ever and thanks for listening say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.